0: I'm Stefan Tornquist. And I'm Rick Bruner. Welcome to our new podcast, Measured Response.
1: So this podcast is a production of The Research Walks. Uh, the Wonks is a community of leaders who are in media and marketing measurement, uh, analytics, market research.
0: And am I missing any SEO terms? I think you ticked off most of them. Yeah, I created this forum, The Wonks, 16 years ago, and it's turned into a really vibrant community of professionals in those fields of advertising, media, market research, and measurement. I recommend anybody who works in something like that, visit researchwonks.com, where it's free to sign up.
1: Yeah, uh, if I could just say, I've been a, a Wonks member for I don't know five or seven years, and it's got the best signal-to-noise ratio of any of the communities I've been a part of, and that's one of the reasons I'm here. Uh, but why are we here? Why another podcast? Uh, it's because there's so many good conversations happening within the Wonks community about everything that's happening in the industry that we wanted a form to bring that to the surface and uh, and have some fun.
0: Uh, yeah, in that in that spirit, who are we going to have fun with this month, Rick? We're starting the series off with an old pal of mine, Ari Paparo. A lot of people know him as the CEO of Beeswax, a successful ad tech startup that in fact just was bought by Comcast in its division, Freewheel. And uh, yeah, he's a funny and smart guy and he I think delivers on all that. We talk about his entrepreneur story and the startup and his advice to uh, entrepreneurs. We talk about New York City as the center of advertising and ad tech and what the future holds there. Talk about TV, a new area he's moving into. The Deadpool, for people who follow Ari, is a phrase they might remember. A uh, provocative article he wrote about industries that were going to be very impacted by the end of cookies. And we revisit that about a year later. Uh, and then we put together just some highlights that we call the Pearls of Wisdom. And we'll see if we stick with that feature in the future.
1: Is your company in the Deadpool? Find out later in this episode. Yeah, we're going to try to A B test our different bits and see what works. Now we're here thanks to our sponsor, Method Media Intelligence, and we'll be having a chat with their CRO Mark Goldberg in just a few minutes.
0: That's right. But first, let's just go straight to the interview with Ari. So, Ari, you know, you um let me let's just talk about your business. Congratulations again, you know, I'm really uh very pleased for you. <laughs> you just sold the company. Uh you said there's not a lot you can talk about, but I mean, can you talk about much of anything in terms of yeah. you know, why this is everybody involved?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we announced about a month ago that we were getting acquired. Beeswax is my company. We we're getting acquired by Comcast Freewheel Division. Um, it's going to close very shortly. Probably will close by the time anyone's watching this. Um, and I'll be a Comcast employee and I'll be, you know, running cable into people's living rooms and making sure everything works properly. That's going to be more or less my job at the company. Um, and, um, you know, I, I'm excited. Our employees are excited. Customers are excited. It's really, um, you know, it's a scale play to some extent. Freewheel is a, is a much larger organization with hundreds of engineers around the world. Um, you know, Beeswax is a very fast growing, exciting company. But, you know, ed tech is increasingly a scale game. And, uh, and we're hoping to bring a lot more of, you know, innovations and new technology to our customers and really, um, you know, bulk up what we're doing, which I think will be positive for everybody.
0: Yeah, that's great. How about from, you know, listeners, viewers who are entrepreneurs, uh, you know, from just a brief recap of your resume as I know it, you know, let me reference you and I knew each other before we worked together at DoubleClick briefly on, on blogs, right? We were both... Early uh, people in New York, kind of, uh, I don't know. We, we knew who each other were, and then we showed up at the same time at DoubleClick. You had just gotten an MBA, and you uh, ran a division of product there, and then a division of product at Google, and then you left and went to Nielsen briefly, uh, or a product executive, and then AppNexus, and uh, one other stop, I think, and then... Uh, you started this company, Beeswag, at so a point when everyone was saying ad tech is dead. And yeah. David Rosenblatt came out of investment retirement to uh, be one of your angels. And your angels, your original feed angels are kind of a who's who of ad tech. And here you were, you know, a successful guy. Everybody expected the company to be successful. And then, indeed, you it grew very fast, it had a couple of further rounds of funding, and then you exited. What has it been? Has it been a full five years yet? Six, six years. Um, so so what's, the story, my, what's the takeaway uh, you, for investors? Is it that easy? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, no, it's not easy at all. Uh, but I will, I'll make a couple of points since you did my intro. So uh, comprehensively, I don't have that much facts to add, but I'll make a couple of points. Um, the first point is the uh, stereotypical startup is a couple of 23-year-olds with a good idea out of their dorm room. Um, and you know, there are certainly examples of great successes like that, but what, um, but there are other kind of modalities. Um, and in the case of beeswax, um, I was a pretty seasoned veteran in ad tech. I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew exactly who the customers were. I knew how much money I needed and I knew, knew what team I needed. So it was a very different experience. It was, it was, um, it was. Not about having a blank piece of paper, coming up with great ideas that change the world. It was like I know this niche of customers. I know what they need. I know what to build for them. I just need a little capital and I'm ready to go. Um, and you know that um, worked for me, and um, I was pretty successful because of that. Um, and um, but that's not for everyone. That's just the mode that I used. Um, and so um, what's important is that you align the amount of capital you raise and the team that you build with the type of experience that you're expecting to have. Um, if I was doing a consumer startup where there's a lot of discovery and I wasn't sure what I needed, I probably would have raised less, would have had more design resources, less engineering resources, those sort of decisions. Um, second point I'll make is uh, for anyone who's thinking about an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial career, um, you know, we just said I, I've been doing it for six years. Probably most of you haven't had the same job for six years. That's a long time nowadays. Um, But six years is on the low end for successful exits. Most successful exits, I think I saw a stat that's closer to nine or 10 years um, that people have a successful exit. Um, And so that's a big commitment. So if you're thinking about doing a startup, you have to do something that you would like to do for that length of time, even if it's successful. If it's unsuccessful, maybe it'll be less, but no one wants that. So you're you're basically taking a quarter of your professional career at a minimum to this Mm -hmm. idea that you're working on. Um, and a lot of those years you're not getting paid and you're working very long hours. So you better really be excited about the idea, not just doing it because you think there's an opportunity to
0: flip a quick buck. So, you, so do, is my takeaway, you love ad tech that much?
2: Um, I think that at the time I
0: started this company six years ago, I liked it a lot more than I do now. Great stuff. Stay tuned for more, but first we're gonna take a break to talk to Mark Goldberg, Chief Revenue Officer of Method Media Intelligence, our sponsor this month. Hang on for the rest of that interview with Ari and find out if your company is in the Deadpool. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so so much for being our sponsor this month and the sponsor of the premiere episode of our new podcast. So thanks a lot for coming along. And congratulations. I was looking back, you were at about.com. I think when we first actually knew each other, you've been at a bunch of storied brands, you've been around for a long time. And so what, what, what are some of, as we go into this new year, what are some of the big topics that are really capturing your attention? So we, we are really
3: focused on supply path optimization. Um, that's one of the big push, pushes for our our, our business. Uh, At Method Media Intelligence, we often get lumped into the verification space, which we're an MRC-accredited vendor, and we're very much okay with that. However, there's so much more to do with our data, like supply path optimizations, that we think are going to be very interesting to buyers in the year to come.
1: So where do conversations usually start with
3: verification and then get more interesting, or what does that sales path look like? That's a great question, and I think we learned a lot in two thousand. we We learned that budgets were going away and stopping. And so we had to think about how how else can we help an advertiser? with what they needed to accomplish. And everyone checks a box and says they have a verification vendor. So we started to think about, well, what does our data do other than just verification? And we started to not only just get, get from the brand safety officer into the programmatic hands, as well as the analytic groups. Anyone who is talking about anal, uh, analytics or data really started to see the value of our data, because what we're able to do is take that auction data and the impression data and merge everything to give you a full clear picture of your receipts. And when you see the receipts and the sources, you can make some optimizations that will really improve your outcomes as well as reduce your waste.
1: OK, so the first layer is kind of is verification, but then there's a lot more to, to do under that.
3: Yes. And so we're 100 percent measurement. We're not a sample based technology. So we're looking at everything. And so when you have a good, clear picture of everything and you seeing where it's coming from, that allows you to do so much more. I know we've heard from Ari today. Uh, beeswax is a custom algorithm. You're able to take some of our data and feed it back into their machine to do a lot more uh, interesting optimizations, interesting targeting. So that's where the kind of the market's moving towards is really trying to really develop these algorithms that address some of those common endpoints, the incrementality or the goals to hit those KPIs.
1: Ding! A point for saying incrementality. Um, that's that a, that's that a, a small idea, drinking that? game we play.
3: <laughs> yeah, so there's two free trial free, free tests out there for the ad monitoring or the landing page both will show you you know your invalid traffic will show you some other metrics and then you can understand if there is an issue or a problem that we can have a conversation that might, might lead to a different relationship but the free test is is uh, offered to to the wonks and uh, i hope you reach out to
0: me all right well mark thanks again so much for uh your support your sponsorship your friendship and uh good luck to you guys with everything you're doing we're really uh, glad to have uh method media intelligence as a sponsor
3: thank you guys both um as well as wash your hands after you uh listen to the to, to the show
0: <laughs> thanks a lot mark
1: all right guys and now back to our conversation with eric later in the interview, we talked about the future of ad tech in new york
2: well, I, I think, first of all, the ad tech is in decline overall. Um, so we're seeing far fewer new companies in ad tech than five years ago, or and certainly less than the boom that happened 10 years ago when programmatic advertising was first invented. Um, so there are companies being created. They are tending to touch on aspects of ad tech that are not dominated by you know, Facebook and Google. They tend to be things like you know, measurement or um, or areas around TV uh, and TV measurement is very hot. So, um, so around the periphery of advertising is where a lot of the activity is going. Um, I think New York is certainly a capital of advertising around the world. Um, the uh, the media companies, the advertising agencies, and independent ad tech. Many of the independent ad tech companies are based there. Not all of them. Um, And uh, I still think it's a great place to do a startup, whether and especially if it is advertising related, you have the expertise and the customers, a lot of other good things going for you.
1: We asked Ari about how digital media and TV
2: are evolving. Well, you know, you have to start with the consumers. The consumers are radically changing their viewing behavior of entertainment. And they're moving to on demand very rapidly, cord cutting, but also um, they're moving to environments of lower ad load or no ad load. And that's also shifting the value of the advertising being watched because it's skewing towards older and less affluent demographics at the same time, right? So that those are all pressures on the TV business, um, and the TV business um, needs to react. And the good news is there is a reaction, which is to make the advertising much more valuable through targeting, through analytics, through reporting, through audience-based, uh, audience-based overlays, um, and eventually through creativity as well. Um, so, so that's the push and pull there. Um, and the fundamental question is whether the media companies can innovate enough to be on the right side of that over you know, 10-year horizon and uh, at a pace that's faster than the Silicon Valley giants can wedge their way into there. Because uh, I think we all know that someone like Google or Facebook can do the targeting, can do the creatives, can do the audience aggregation, but they don't have a foothold to do so. Um, and so the media company is pushing in one direction, trying to keep them out, and the Silicon Valley companies pushing the other direction, trying to wedge their way in is kind of the story about television over the next 10
0: years. The flip side of that is you know what's going away. And you Uh, We had an exchange to this effect on Twitter where you uh, were in the top position of Ad Exchanger's top 10 articles in 2020 by traffic to their site for the provocative piece you reacted in almost real time uncannily to (laughs) Google's uh, cessation of cookies in the future. Deadpool said view through attribution, third-party data. DMPs, and multi touch yeah. uh, Later,
2: There's no evidence that any of those are not dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, I think that um, I'll, I'll talk about each of those in one second. So view-through attribution, uh, to my knowledge, there's still no even proposal for making them, making it work. Uh, the activity in the sandbox, as well as Apple's SK ad network, are all click-through-based. Um, so I don't, I don't, I haven't heard of anyone talking about view through attribution over the past twelve months. Um, DMPs was controversial. That was the one that got me some hate mail. Um, so uh, to be technical, there are two kinds of DMPs: buy side and sell side. The buy side DMPs are totally dead, uh, and I stand behind that. and And even the big companies that offer buy side DMPs are laying people off. Sell side DMPs that are publisher centric are alive because publishers have first party data. So that continues to work. So a little var- little variation there. Um, multi-touch attribution um, has always been a cookie game. It's always been about taking, you know, last click, last impression, just stretching it out over more data. So I think that's pretty thoroughly dead. And then third-party data is interesting, but just because today um, Google released their data about Flock, which is their um, interest-based advertising using cohorts method. So they put users into cohorts on the browser and then that gets used by advertisers. Um, I think that sounds really interesting. and will allow some level of interest-based advertising in a privacy-safe environment. It doesn't feel as though it's a great environment in which a third-party broker could resell data. Um, it would, that would be a technical detail, but I'd be really surprised if it allowed that kind of activity. So mm-hmm. I would say that's probably dead too.
1: Well, have you
2: added anything to the list? That's a good question. Uh, I think one thing I was surprised, I've been surprised about is that buy-side ad serving hasn't been killed. So um, sell-side ad serving has a place here because publishers, once again, control their environment and you have to show the ad. Uh, Buy-side advertising is largely a product that serves as a reporting system. And unless you have third-party cookies, the buy-side ad servers really can't add a lot of value across properties, across media properties. Um, so I was pretty pessimistic on buy-side advertising leading into GDPR and now leading into cookies. And yet, they seem to be going strong. The independent ad tech companies that do that are all doing pretty well. Um, so
1: it's a little hard to tell right now. Now, let's finish up with some quick takes and highlights from the interview.
2: Uh, Reddit is, uh, has got the engagement and the use and it covers, you know, a very broad array of topics. And they have an opportunity to do really interesting things around uh, advertising, but also subscription. I love Twitter. I'm a Twitter addict, as anyone who knows me knows. But um, I can't edit my tweets. Snippets is always a good one. I think uh, Google loves the word snippets. They still use it in Gmail. Um, tags, that one in bed. You know, the privacy people, are, have, they, they pick on cookies because they can see them. It's the obvious piece of privacy um, um, activity, privacy related, objectionable activity and that they can see them. Oh, look, there are cookies. And then they could write the Wall Street Journal article. Look, cookies, they're tracking you. And meanwhile, the stuff they can't see is a trillion times worse, but it requires work to see it. So they don't talk about it. <laughs> I saw this one ad. Uh, now I remember one ad that really stuck with me. And there was this ad and there was this pretty girl in a bikini and she's hanging out in the like wading in the ocean up to her knees in the ocean. And all of a sudden the wave just destroys her. Like just like, and she's wiped out. Uh, and the and then the headline says, Trojans always have protection. And I was like, this is a perfect ad. Let's let's go through it. It's a vertical video, attractive girl to get your attention, very short, like six seconds, funny as hell. And the and the the brand message is clear. It was just like, this is six seconds of perfection in advertising. If you're not making vertical video, just get out of advertising. Like the amount of horizontal video ads I see on like Twitter, where it's taking up like one-tenth of my screen. It's like, just stop. I, I think it's going to be pretty hard to beat Kansas City.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
2: You know, I, I saw that trailer and King Kong, is, there's no way he's that big. Like, it just doesn't make sense. The ratio is wrong. Godzilla is like probably, you know, like a 7,500-story building. And King Kong's like a 20-story building, which is a lot for an ape. So And then in, in the trailer, they're like head-to-head and punching and stuff. That doesn't make any sense. Can
1: <laughs>
2: you imagine the smell if, like, Godzilla did his atomic ray on, on the fur of King Kong? That, would, that burnt fur smell would just be wafting <laughs> through Tokyo forever.
0: I don't even think you'd need the burning for, I think, King Kong would smell pretty bad. Just good point. Show. Frequency. Just blast people. People don't care
2: about the ads. You have to blast them into their brains until they can't avoid knowing what your message is.
0: <laughs> you heard it from the lips of the king of internet advertising, Eric Papera.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Besides my two best, um, I think Womcast
2: is pretty good. Um, uh, what uh, um, you know, you uh, know, uh, correlation versus causation, or how about the causation podcast? That's your favorite subject. The causeway. Yeah. The half that's not wasted, the half hour that's not wasted. That would be a good little pun there.
0: So, Ari, thanks so much for stopping by and helping us out. And um, congratulations again on your success. And um, sorry you didn't want to go for that real estate deal that I pitched you on the side. Any friends, let them know. I've got a great opportunity right next door, very New York, kind of email exchange. Uh, Any uh, parting words of wisdom for our guests?
2: Podcast advertising.
1: Big. It's going to be huge. Impossible to measure. Really expensive.
2: Measurement is overrated. Just get it out there. Get the medium out there.
1: Well, 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 (laughs) well. Very thanks very much. All right, man. Thanks.
0: Really appreciate it. Yep. You got all that, Kevin? Ready when you are.